Learn how to build your faith in God's Word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the Senior Pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's Word to work for you. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for seeing the month of March. We sanctify this month. We decree only good things will happen. We rebuke every spirit of fear. We rebuke any plague of the devil. We decree we are exempted from every evil. We are included for every good. We decree this month our steps shall be ordered. This month there shall be harvest over our seeds. This month there will be favor over our efforts. In the name of Jesus. A flow of supernatural ideas. A flow of unusual inspiration. In Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. Come on give the Lord a hand. Big big hand. Shake your neighbor. Welcome them to church this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, we're starting a new series this morning. It is titled Out of Eden. Out of Eden. Glory to God. Out of Eden. All right. Let's go to Genesis. It's, it's, it's such a long reading. I don't know how. I can't read everything. So I'll just be giving you the gist. Praise God. We're going to read. Uh, it's long ago. I can't read everything. But you know the story from Genesis chapter 1. Um, God put. For Genesis 1, 2, and. Uh, Basically, one and two. From three, things began to go somehow. But the point is that God made man and put man in the Garden of Eden. I, I, I love I, the, the, some of the bi- books I love the most in the Bible is Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 represents God's original will and original mind for mankind. Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, from time to time, try and read that, that scripture. From time to time. Just read it. You always see new things there, and it represents what God has in mind for us. Genesis 1 and 2, before sin came into the world, that was God's original plan. That's why I don't understand how some people even now think that, you know, um, God is a wicked God. How will God, how will God uh, be in this world and all these bad things are happening? <laughs> it just shows you don't understand God, and you don't understand who he is and what he stands for. God is, is such a good God. Are you here, somebody? He's such a good God. When he created man, when everything was still fine, he put man in the Garden of Eden. Eden literally means delight. Beautiful place. Everything sweet. Hallelujah. That's what, that's what God wanted. That, that was God's plan. I mean, Adam... I mean, Adam was supernatural naturally. Are you here, somebody? Adam was what? Supernatural naturally. Even Genesis 1 and 2, Adam was a superhuman. What we call natural now. See, throughout this month, I want you to take note of certain words. Words like reality. Words like natural. And words like normal. What are the three words? Second one. Let's go again. What? Those three words are your enemies. Those three words are enemies of what God has in mind for you. When God made man, (laughs) his reality is not what we... You know, nowadays people say, let's be real. You know, when they say that, you know, they're trying to say, let's focus on the natural. Let's focus on what we can see. Let's be real. Let's be realistic. Hallelujah. There was nothing realistic 
about how Adam lived. Are you here, somebody? What you're calling realistic now is us adapting to the falling state of things. It's like, it's like the way in Nigeria we keep adapting to, you know, suffering. And we now call it reality. You understand? We don't know that there are still parts of this world where those things that we call reality is strange. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, totally unacceptable. There are countries where if people are caught in an elevator and they take light for, I mean, for 10 minutes, they need to take them to a psychologist for therapy. I'm dying. They will pay him big money. Take him to a hospital. Somebody will calm him down. <laughs> you see, because, because those guys are trying their best not to fall into our own reality. Somebody gets what I'm saying. Take note of those three words, though. Reality, natural, normal. Because the devil will keep shifting what is reality? He will keep shifting. What is what? Natural. He will keep shifting what you call what? Normal. He will keep shifting it. None of those things that we call normal was normal. None of them were normal for Adam. Adam never knew before um, the sin. He never knew what sickness was like. No experience of it. He never knew what hunger was. Never knew what pain was. Listen to this one. He never knew what fear was. Never knew what doubt was. God put man in a perfect scenario. I mean, the Bible says, whatever I called something, that was the name thereof. They say Adam named all the all, 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 all the insects, all the animals in the world. Do you know the kind of mental ability. Now, some of us can't even remember you know, what happened last week. Adam's faculties were incredibly powerful. He named all the animals and knew what they were. I mean, Adam saw lion and was not scared. He would tap it like this. Saw crocodile. He probably, for him to name all the fish, except they all came to the shore for attendance, for, um, what's that in assembly? Uh-huh. If not, the other thing that would have happened was that he entered into the water and was naming everything and interacting with them. He was superhuman. Are you here, somebody? Be careful of those words, reality, normal, natural. So, God put Adam in the Garden of Eden. Everything was so perfect. If you, if you remember how creation went, God made everything first before he even made man. Everything was smooth. Let me see if we can read something. Genesis chapter 2. There are so many things to read. I'm just trying to resist starting to read it because there are so many, so many, so many. In that, but you, you go home and study. In this whole month, please go study Genesis 1 and 2 if you can. Genesis chapter 2. I want where, DJ, if you can find it for me. I want where... Um, they were talking about the rivers that were flowing. Uh, and, and please, eh, the other thing you need to note, everything was surviving based on the supernatural life flowing from God. What happens in Eden was that life was not sustained by natural means. Life was actually being sustained by supernatural means. So, it was the life of God that was flowing in everything that was making it work. Adam was not working to eat. Adam was not working to survive. And what I want us to try and do this month is to move closer to what God had in mind. Now, it might be totally difficult. It might be difficult to, you know, climb into that realm again. It might be difficult. It's not impossible, it's just difficult. Praise God. And even me. Uh, see, all the men of God you respect, the ones that work in miraculous, that see all those things, all those ones that they are operating in like below 1% of the capability we have in God. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You know, we see, we see even trip for them. People that open blind eyes, lame walk, and we're happy, eh? All those things are, 
still very low compared to the capacity there is. So, because of how natural this world has become, it's, it's, it's a struggle for all of us to actually tap into the reality, the real reality now, the spiritual reality that we have. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's going to be difficult because we are too stuck in what we call natural now. If, if you even start, if you even hear that some supernatural things happen, even you that you're a Christian, you are the first that would doubt it. Let's not even talk about believer. You that they call believer, you won't believe. Do you know that in New Testament times, a guy called Philip disappeared from somewhere and appeared somewhere else? Can you try it? Can you think about it? Like, hey, man, I need to <laughs> go somewhere. Holy Spirit Airlines. Take me there. It looks stupid to you, be honest. It doesn't look realistic. But it was real in their time. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. It doesn't look realistic. What I'm saying is that your mind has been so reconditioned to look at the dead level. The level that is not what God wants as your reality. It's now your reality. It's now your normal. What we call miracles is actually how Adam lived every day. It's actually how God wants us to live every day. It's not supposed to be a miracle anymore. It's supposed to be natural for us. Hallelujah. He said, And the river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Go on. He said, And the name of the first one is Pison. That is, that is it which it compassed the whole land of Havilah, where what? There is gold. He said, And the gold of that land is what? Good. He said, There is bedelium and what? The orange just one of the flows of the river. So, and the name of the second river is Gihon, the same that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. Next one. He said, and the name of the third one is Hedekel, that is which goeth toward the east of Assyria. The fourth is what? The river. They didn't mention all the other things in the other ones, but the, the first one that they even gave some details, they said, that land, there's gold there, and the gold of that land is good. Adam was not working to survive. Adam was not working to acquire Adam was already blessed. Adam had no prayer points. Are you here, somebody? Adam had no prayer request. Everything in Adam's life was flowing. It was God that came and said, it's not good for this man to be what? Alone. It wasn't Adam that prayed. You, we, we need to get to the stage where we come, we, we, we line up so much with what God has in mind. That we even have no prayer requests for our own personal needs. Even if you are going to pray now as a New Testament believer, you are interceding for people to get saved, interceding for nations, things like that. You, 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 your own personal needs, you have so keyed in. You have so keyed in into God that you are not even the one orchestrating the request. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's sweeter when God is the one even saying, it's not good that you continue to live in a rented house. Somebody didn't hear what I said. When it's orchestrated by God, it's not good for you to continue driving this car. You see, when you orchestrate it, you are going to usually shoot. You see, hey, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to explain. When it is supernaturally orchestrated, God will also supernaturally deliver it. Because it was his own idea. When you are the one orchestrating it, you have to always, and, and your best decision will never be even the best for you. See, when God told Adam it's not good for man to be alone, God put Adam to sleep. God took the rib. God closed the place he took the rib. God used the rib to make a woman. God brought the woman. You see, Adam had no stress in his life. Because God brought the idea. God was the one that brought the idea that I want to change your car. And all Adam there to do was to cooperate and sleep. And everything came. The right time, well designed, the right one. That sleeping and that resting is the hardest thing for us as human beings to do. It's part of what we're going to be looking at throughout this month. 
that ability to see a big problem in your front and sleep. Stuff. That's why. <laughs> that's why some of us will never be able to experience Eden again. That rest. That's that's what that's what Adam had that we don't have today. We are too worried. We want to participate. That ability, and even me as a pastor, I'm not speaking, saying, teaching this from a superiority point of view. This is something I'm also consciously learning. Every time you tap into it, then you will see such a blessing. But it's for us to be able to tap into it consistently that we're trying to do. Because every once in a while, we fall back to normal. We fall back to reality. We fall back to natural. If you can dare, eh? Whenever you have a big challenge, not worry about it. Just meditate on God's goodness. Meditate on God's ability to provide this thing and go and rest. If you can, and it, trust me, it's not as easy as it sounds. When the Bible says we should enter into his rest, it may declare that we will labor to enter into his rest. Like I said, we'll go into details as the series goes on. I'm just giving you today's introduction. So I'm just touching it a bit so that you'll get an idea of what we're going to do throughout this month. So, that's what Adam did. So, Adam had no prayer request. God was the one that brought the idea that, look, it's not good for you to be alone. I want to do this thing in your life. When you walk so closely with God, he's the one that's even bringing up things that he's going to do in your life. You are not the one being smart. Because a lot of sometimes, those your prayer requests are engineered by, by pressure, society pressure, by under person has it. So, it's not born out of a genuine request. It's just you hustling to look like everybody. It's just you hustling to fit in. And when you start from carnal means to want to produce supernatural things, it never happens. You can't start in the spirit and finish in the flesh. Are you here, somebody? Salvation. How many of you prayed for your salvation? Your own salvation? You were among those that said, Father, send your son to die. It was God that said, this world is perishing. I need to send them a helper. That's how salvation came. And that's how all our blessings should come. Your own is to stay in connection and in contact with God so much that it flows. There's a life that is, that is like Eden that you can even still live today as a New Testament Christian. And that's actually what God has in mind. When he talks about the kingdom of God, that's what he's trying to say. That even though you live in Nigeria, you are still under his own kingdom. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So it's like the way American embassy is in Nigeria. They are under, they are in Nigeria, but they are not really under Nigeria. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So they still get the benefits and the security and the provision of their own kingdom even though they are physically located here. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? All those embassies that are here, they are on our soil, but they don't depend on our government or our own economy to feed themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? The American staff in American embassy, they don't depend on Nigeria's economy to feed. They depend on what economy? The American economy. That is not physically here, but they, that's where they look up to for their provision. Their security is not Nigerian police. They have Marines in every embassy. Just misbehave. <laughs> there are some heavily trained guys ready to take you out. And if you're getting what I'm saying, they are not depending on you. When their presidents travel, they send their, their own car. He's not going to come here and take one of your cars. He can't try it. He doesn't know what's in your car. He doesn't know how reliable it is. So they will first ship his own car. It will land before he lands. That's the car he will use. That's the whole idea of when God says, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, seek first the kingdom. He's saying, look, key into your own kingdom. Even though you are in a physical kingdom... Don't tie your heart so much to this physical kingdom. Tie your heart to your heavenly kingdom. It will affect your life here. Hallelujah. I'm trusting God that we will enjoy more of Eden experience from this month forward.
in the name of Jesus. In Eden, there are no struggles, no lack, no sickness, no disappointments, no depression. Adam didn't have any of those problems. Children, children are the closest to that Eden experience. Children are the closest. You see, when the Bible says, when God told Adam that day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Now, there were two trees, two special trees in the garden, okay? There were many trees that they told them, eat of any tree you like. But there were two special trees. The first one is the tree of the good and evil. That's why he said don't eat. The second one is called the tree of life. That second one, if you eat it, you will not die again. If somebody gets what I'm saying? There were two trees. One was tree of good and evil. If you eat that one, you become aware of evil. The second one, if you eat that one, you will stay in that state forever. You won't die again. So, Adam and Eve went to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. DJ, I hope you can show some of these scriptures now so that it's easy. So, Adam and Eve went to eat that fruit. <laughs> Let me see. And when the woman saw that the tree, ah, like I said, there are so many things I wanted to read. I don't know if you can find where, this, where, they, where God introduced the two trees first. If you can find that for me, then we'll move to this one. Please give me water. Because all this one, coronavirus, coronavirus. It's because you are too natural. It doesn't even reach here. Some people have finished sanitizer. The sanitizer has finished the market. It doesn't even reach Nigeria well. This is the real thing that is causing problems for us, that is making us move away from the internet experience. Fear. Fear. You don't know the power of fear. Fear is the same power as faith. Fear will attract what you are focusing on. Same way faith will attract what you are focusing on. That's how Adam did it. That's how Job did it. You will attract exactly what you are afraid of. And even if you don't get the coronavirus, you will get on that one. Start having headache. Start having fever. Something that is still in Italy. You have already gotten symptoms here. Scientists are finishing in the market. Masks are finished. What are you masking? What are you? It's amazing how we don't read the Bible, but we read the charts of, of negative. Some people, you've never seen them send anything. This is the first time they're sending, and it's coronavirus. That is their first uh, broadcast. Shows what people focus on. Shows how far we are. How far away we are from God's perfect plan. Coronavirus, ni corolla ni corona na corolla. And and out of the ground, the Lord God made God to grow every tree of the blessed society and good tree, and also in the midst of the garden of the tree, in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eh? Does it continue? Let me see. Okay, there was some place I was looking for. Basically, there are two trees, sir. Is there in Genesis? The tree of good and evil, then tree of life. So, the problem with the tree of good and evil is this. Before this time, before this time, before this, this, you know, this, this will help you. Before this, before Adam and Eve ate this tree, eh? they had no knowledge of evil. Evil doesn't mean Ika. You know Ika in Yoruba? Wickedness. No, because when we hear evil, we are thinking of those witchcraft in the village. No, 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 no. That's not what evil means. Evil is what we call natural today. It's evil. Sickness is evil. Doubt is evil. Fear is evil. Hunger, poverty, those things are evil. We call it natural today. That time it was evil. Adam knew nothing like that. Adam had no clue of sin. Adam was just walking in. Everything was good only for him. Everything was faith only for him. No fear, no doubt, no worry, no concern, nothing. Adam only knew good. He was so good. He was so plain-minded. He, I mean, everything, he was living by faith by default. Faith was his natural habitat. The way doubt is the natural thing that you have now as a human being. Faith was the natural thing he had then. He had no inkling of evil, no idea that somebody can die, that lion can bite you. He had no idea. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You now, you have information that lion bites. So, when you see lion, your first reaction, even some people, even dogs, small dog. 
is because of you are now living in a natural world. Adam had no clue. He would see crocodile. He would just play with them. He didn't even, it didn't even occur to him that it's possible that this teeth crocodile has can bite a human being. It didn't occur to him. Only good. And God said, "Day you eat of the fruit, you will become aware of bad. He thought God was depriving him. And a lot of human beings are still like that today. When they see the instructions of God, they think God is depriving them. They think they are outsmarting God by disobeying God in secret. That nobody will know. It's you that they need to, that they won't, don't want to know. It's not nobody, it's you. Sin affects you, not God. The day you understand that, you will start living better. Not, God is not saying don't fornicate because you, it, it, will, it, will, it, will, it will hurt him. Because how many people think, even many churches teach that. They think, oh, when you do something bad, it's going to hurt God. Hurt God for where? What, what will hurt God? You kill somebody to hurt God. God has been seeing people kill people before you, they burn you. You abort your baby. God has been seeing abortion before they burn you. You fornicate 30 with 30 different men. <laughs> Go and see Sodom and Gomorrah. God don't see things. You won't hurt him. You will hurt you. Then that is what hurts him. When you are destroyed. Can't hurt God. Oh. You smoke 13 in their hand. <laughs> now you go mad. <laughs> then when you mad, you go pain them. Nothing you're going to do is going to annoy God at all. Nothing. He's just going to be sad when you don't realize your potential. He's going to pity you. That you could have been greater than this. You could have done better than this. He's always touched when you are not enjoying the full eating experience. It's like having your children. I don't have to explain it now. Having your children, you know, you, you, you can send your child to the best school in the world. Then he's, he's not even in school at all. It's a sad thing because you know that you don't have to be here. And if you forget what I'm saying. Having your child naked and you can buy clothes, but he, he's naked. You, you pity him. You're not, you're not hot because he's not wearing clothes. He's paining you. You're hot because he doesn't have to be suffering. What he's calling enjoyment is suffering. He's not enjoying what you can provide. So what happened to Adam? Adam didn't, no doubt, no fear, no death. Adam was not afraid he would die. Nothing. Everything was smooth. And they ate that fruit. And everything changed. So, as I was saying earlier, children are the closest to how Eden was. And you know what? When they are born, they start from a clean slate. It is us, as they grow, we will start teaching them normal. Don't cross the road! God will kill you! Don't touch it! You will die! If you climb there, you will fall! We start teaching them death. Start teaching them worry. Start teaching them fear. Originally, when they are born, they don't know anything about these things. A child can see a snake and go and touch it. Until we start saying, ah! Don't you notice some children, when they run and fall, they wake up, they stand up and look at you first. If you say, yeah! They don't say, ah, okay, now bad thing. Yeah! Because in their world, if you fall, all you do is to stand up and try... You have to walk. So you go, you win the window. You will enjoy yourself. In this month, one of the things you need to try and do is that try and take note of all the negative things you say in a day. All the doubt-filled words you say. You. All the doubt-filled words you repeat in one day, you'll be amazed. Even as I'm on this altar, if you know how many I've said, all the, I don't know how we explain this, it's doubt-filled words. Adam, Adam was never like that. Adam will say, I will explain this. Then the way to explain it will come. But in the natural world, we declare our doubt confidently. And the Bible has made it clear that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We, we, if you know how many doubts, we repeat every day. Traffic, good day. We won't get there on time. We won't make it. Uh, it is that they could give us. We just spill doubt out of our mouth naturally. How business? Will they push them? <laughs> My brother, no push them. It's too long. It's too, <laughs> it's too difficult to be pushing it. You can't start now and be pushing. Children are the closest to what God had in mind. Children are the closest to it. 
when you ask a child what do you want to be in the future, he just declares anything without thinking about what it will take. It's you that will say, <laughs> you don't know what you are. It's you. You are the problem. Junior, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an aeronautic engineer. You say, we don't even have any aeronautic anything in Nigeria. My brother, change your dream. You start shooting down his dream. I want to play for Barcelona. You say, ah, we don't have any player playing for Barcelona. Just manage uh, Canopilas. You, you see, at, that, at their stage, they, they dream exactly how God wants us to dream. What is affecting us is that we want to know how before we dream. And it's the opposite in the realm of the spirit. You dream, then you are now entitled to a special delivery of how. The reason you don't know how yet is because it's not yet your dream. How did human beings go to the moon? They first set a target that they wanted to go to the moon. Then the how came. You don't sit down and find the how before you declare the vision. Children are amazing. They are also very innocent in their mind. That's why you notice that children, when they're very young, they can, boy and girl can bath together. Even if they're not father, same, from same father and mother. Boy and girl in the neighborhood or whatever, they can bath together. They don't even know anything is wrong. They are playing without top, without cloth, sometimes without even pants. And they don't know anything is wrong. That, that's how Adam and Eve was. They didn't even know that this is something. The moment they ate the fruit, the first thing that happened to them said, We are naked. They have been naked since. But they didn't see any, not, I mean, their, their mind was so clean that they didn't see anything in it. The moment they ate the fruit, one of the first things they said was that we are naked. And what God asked them is that, Who told you that you are naked? Because have you eaten that fruit? Because now you start seeing the worst and the bad in everything in this life. For once, you will see that lion has sharp teeth. He has always had that teeth. Now you will see it. And your fear will make him chase you. So you see those kids, they are baiting together. Even sometimes, your, your, the parents are there. My daughter now that is nine or something, she doesn't like to dress now where I am. She's about nine. She has come to reality. That's how you know that they've moved from Eden to reality. When they can no longer bathe together. When they are now covering themselves. That's exactly what Adam did. That's how God knew Adam had left the, the hidden life. He was covering himself. See, so he went to hide. That's how you know that your children have left hidden stage. They are growing in reality of this world. They will start seeing limitation. Start seeing evil. Adam knew no evil. Nothing. Until he ate that fruit. He came into reality. He became afraid. There was, there, was, there was no such emotion as fear. Before that time, there was no such emotion. But from the day that I made the fruit, he said, I heard you walking in the garden. And I was afraid. That was the first time fear entered this world. I was afraid. And I hid myself. Shame also entered that time. That was the first time shame also entered this world. So I, 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 was, I was afraid and I hid myself. Hallelujah. So, Adam crossed like that from that supernatural life to a natural life. Hmm. He became aware of, so, of, of evil. He said the tree of good and evil. Now, like I told you, evil doesn't mean wickedness. It doesn't mean witchcraft. Evil means natural. You will see it in Matthew 7 and in Luke 11 or so. Where, this, where, where Jesus was saying, knock and um, you know, ask and you shall receive, um, seek and you shall find, knock and shall be open, door shall be open. It says, um, if you, I mean, who, which of you, that if your son asks you for bread, will give him stone. If he asks you for fish, you give him a serpent, all those things. It says, um, ask you for whatever you give him, egg, you give him whatever. He said, let's read it. Give me one verse before this. Or what man is there of you? Whom if his son asks bread, will give him what? A stone. Next verse. Or if he asks fish, will you give him a serpent? Next verse. He said, if you then, being what? Evil. So you see that word evil. If you being evil, 
know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give what? Good things to them that what? Save you being evil. They are calling you that you are giving your children the good things of life. They say you are evil. So they don't mean you are wicked. They said if you, that you are natural. God, if, in the eyes of God, the things we call natural is evil. Is, is below standard. Hallelujah. Let me, tell, let me tell you what evil means. The Greek word and all that of that word evil. Of course, it means natural, like I said. Under meaning of it is that it means of bad condition. It's in bad condition. You know, to us, it's natural. In the eyes of God, it's in bad condition compared to the original design. Under meaning is that it is full of labor. That is full of stress. I'm praying for you that you will get to the stage where your work and your money will not be tied to stress. Because that's how many people live. They are doing a job that they hate with all their heart. Every day you wake up, you are cursing the day before you start. So which kind of day? Which kind of, oh, which kind of thing be this? That's how you wake up. Because you hate what you do totally. And it has never occurred to you that it's possible to love what you do. It has never occurred to you that it's possible to wake up and be excited and say, wow, on that day to fulfill purpose, to fulfill my destiny. You have been so natural. You think the way you're doing is the only way that exists. So it's full of labor. So you must pray and desire and work with God to the point where you can actually love what you do. And what you do becomes a source of blessing to you without you hustling. That's why as a Christian, you can't be using that word hustle. Be careful of that word. It's a cross word based on scripture. It can't be hustling. We're not hustling. Adam was not hustling. Praise God. You are doing something, but you can also see the blessing of God upon that thing in a way that is producing even beyond the effort. You are not stressed. Hmm. It says, on, on that one is bad condition, full of labor. On that one is second rate. It's second rate. That means very low quality. Low quality. Save you with this your natural, yeah, yeah, evil level love can give good things. So when they say the tree of good and evil, they mean the supernatural and the natural. That's what they mean. Adam moved from the supernatural to the natural. So you need something. Maybe there's something you need, a car, a house, a wife, a job, whatever you need. Do you only look at the natural limitations? See, there are no jobs in Nigeria. There are no good paying jobs in Nigeria. You see, you are looking at the wrong information. Whatever you need, go to the scripture. Go to your father. The only time you should be bothered is if your father will have difficulty providing this thing. Are you here, somebody? If your father has no difficulty with it, then meditate on your father's goodness till you see a way. I'm going to break all these things down in detail. Today's introduction. See, no matter what it is that you want, if you can let your spirit, soul, and body... Listen, guys. I'm going to round up here now. If you can help your spirit, soul, and body line up with God's provision. Line up with God's goodness. That means you don't know how it's going to come. You, you, you don't know how it's going to happen. Whatever it is that you need. Maybe a better job, a better life. See, no, no matter what it is, wife, peace in your home, anything. You don't know how it's going to come, eh? But you are able to put your focus on God's goodness. And you do that by prayer and studying the word. We'll do all these things in detail as the month goes. You're able to put your focus on God and God's goodness. Spirit, soul, and body. Because your spirit can be lined up with it. Your mind can still be saying, it's not possible. I get what I'm saying. So, your spirit needs to be there. Your mind needs to be calmed enough to relax and go to sleep. Same with your body. Your body must live hustle mode. This doesn't mean you don't make moves, but you're not making the moves from a position of fear. You are relaxed. You are operating from a position of victory. Somebody getting what I'm saying? Let me, let me, let me give an example. You're a lady, you want to get married. 
It becomes hustle when you are doing everything possible to catch a certain man. He might not be this man. Your business is with God. So this man doesn't come and sleep in my house for weekend. You know as a Christian that should not be an option. But you are desperate. So you hustle and go and do something. You see, when you are doing things like that, you are, you are going to get a husband, but not the one God has for you. Because you are not lined up. When you are lined up, you are, your, your spirit, soul, and body are focused on God. So even when there are options that open up, once you notice there's hustle in that option, once you notice there's compromise in that option, mm-mm. focus on God. When God will give back to his own, just like Adam, there was no hustle in it. Are you here, somebody? We'll look at all this in details. But no matter what your need is, it can be anything. I don't know what, any need at all. If you can line up spirit, soul, and body. Hmm. A few people tapped into it. We mentioned Philip. Philip disappeared. Give me Acts chapter 8. Let me steal five more minutes so that I can explain this well. Acts chapter 8. Is it 8? Where Philip, uh, I'm trying to get the scripture now. It's, uh, I want where the angel first told Philip something. These people were New Testament people, like me and you. I want where the angel first told Philip to go somewhere. It's it's the same piece of scripture. Uh, 20-something... Yes, 26. Beautiful. 26. Go to 26. Let's look at this quickly, guys. So now, he said, And an angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying what? So, Philip was used to talking to angels. What happened to Adam? Adam was both spirit and physical. There was no being like Adam before this time. All the other beings like angels were totally spiritual. But Adam was the only one that was both spiritual and physical. And that's what that was happened to us as New Testament believers. We are in this physical world, but we have access naturally to the spiritual. So, angel appeared to Philip. He wasn't scared. He didn't panic. It doesn't look like it's something that he was used to. They talk from time to time. The angel appeared to, the, to him and said, Arise, go down toward the south, onto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert, desert. Go ahead. And he arose without complaint and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia and Enoch of great authority under the candles, whatever, whatever, was going somewhere. Move forward a bit now. And was turning and sitting in the chariot of the prophet. Next verse. Then the spirit, look at this verse 29. Then the spirit said unto him, Philip, do what? Go near and do what? Listen, guys. Listen, guys. Listen, guys. When you are trusting God for whatever you are trusting God for, this is how it will be happening. Once you are relaxed and focused on God, he will be telling you step by step. So go to that company now. Write that application now. One of my guys shared his testimony with me yesterday. How he sent his CV somewhere. I, I, I was privileged to hear the testimony from both sides. When I have the time, I'll give you guys the gist. Or when they give you the gist. So, um, one guy in church is head of HR in a, in a good company. One of our guys who wanted to apply in that company. In fact, the, big, the guy that is head of HR told this guy to apply. So, the guy sent his CV and resume. Immediately sent his CV and resume. The Holy Ghost told him, when he was praying, now why didn't you send the cover letter with your CV? So why didn't you send the cover letter? So he quickly sent the cover letter stating why they should take him and what value he will bring to the company. Now, that's what this guy said. But I was also privy to be talking to the head of HR. He said, after they sent the resume, it was good, but they had decided in their company that they wanted to take somebody else. But at the time he got back, he saw that they had, the guy had sent a cover letter. It was that cover letter he now forwarded to his own ogre that, hey, this guy, he seems very ginger. Though. See the cover letter he still wrote. That, that cover letter was part of the thing that made the ogre. Are you seeing now? A company person, there's no money in Nigeria. No, my brother, relax. You are, you are an Eden experience. You are not in Nigeria. You are the one focusing on Nigeria. That's your problem. You are too interested in Nigeria. Coronavirus, you have not even finished. They've never finished. The news has not even landed. You have finished sanitizer. One gallon, only you. Because your faith is in sanitizer. You think when real trouble, trouble comes, sanitizer is what will help you. <laughs> are you here, somebody? You are too panicked by, by the things of this world. It's, it was that cover letter that made the boss say, ah, oh, this guy is too ginger. And the Holy Ghost told him, right, why didn't you write a cover letter? So when you want to get whatever, it might be husband or wife or children, whatever, the Holy Ghost needs to walk with you like that. 
When, and you must be like I said, you are, when you are calm, spirit, soul, and body. If you are seeing hustle mode, you won't even hear the Holy Spirit. He'll be talking, you won't hear. So you must be calm. You must be relaxed. He will not tell you, oh yeah, say, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip went and joined himself to the chariot. And of course, he had the guy reading the Bible. He now preached to the guy. When he preached to the guy, he told the guy, let's stop here, let's baptize you. He stopped, he baptized the guy. Go to where he baptized the guy. He says, and, and, and the moment he finished baptizing the guy, DJ, what's happening? He's not showing him my own. He says, and they went on their way and came to certain water. And Enoch said, see, here is water. He says, what do it hinder me to be baptized? Next verse. He says, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest be baptized and all that, all that, all that. Next verse. He says, and he commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down and baptized. Next verse. He says, and when they were come out of the water, the spirit of the Lord did what? Cut away Philip that the Enoch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. The Enoch didn't see him and he continued his life. See next verse. But Philip was found at what? Asotos. And passing through, he preached in all the cities. As in Philip disappeared from somewhere. And appeared somewhere else. It was not a big news. If it's Nigeria, Easter blog and co won't let us rest. This, the remaining Bible will be about Philip's disappearance. But that time, it was, it was, I'm sure it was something that used to happen regularly. It was, it, after this, they didn't talk about this again. As somebody disappeared, your friend is in Benin, is preaching, and he disappears and arrives in Lagos and be preaching. <laughs> it's Eden experience. There are so many things we should tap into that we're not tapping into. There's a guy called Enoch in the Bible. Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. And this is what we're going to be looking at throughout this month. If you, the, the more you can improve your walk with God, you will constantly tap into the supernatural. Because right now, you know your problem. You are walking with the natural so much. Some of you are so in touch. You are so in touch with the natural. There's no way supernatural can work in your life. You are so in touch with how the things work naturally. Some of you, you are, you are literally a doctor now. You know, you know the symptoms of all the sickness. And you are proud of it. Let's, let me look at Enoch five, five close. Enoch, let's go to Hebrews, then we'll come back to Genesis. By faith. God, those are things we're going to be looking at. Your work with God, your faith. Say, by faith, Enoch was what? That he should not what? See death. And was not what? Found. That means, say, because God had what? Translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Pleased God. Hmm. That means Enoch did not die. He's one of the only, the only two people that had this experience in, in the Bible that didn't die. And Enoch was one of them. And it wasn't a major prophet. The other person was Elijah. Elijah already had Gragra. Is this time you had something? Okay, you want to give me this? Give me. Elijah already had Gragra before. Elijah called down fire from heaven. So we already know Elijah has Gragra. Supernaturally. But this Enoch, it was a normal guy. It was not a prophet. It was not a deacon. It was not a anything. Just a normal guy. But he walked so much with God. That God just said, in fact, you should not die. He disappeared. That's how he ended his life. He didn't die. Go to Genesis. Do you have the Genesis version of the story? They were reading genealogy of Adam. And they, they were mentioning different people. Genesis chapter 5, from verse 18 to 24. Genesis 5, 18 to 24. It says, And Jad lived an hundred and sixty years, sixty years, two years, and he begat who? Enoch. The word Enoch means dedicated. That's what you need to do. You must be dedicated in your work with God. We'll do all these things as we go on. And Jad lived and begat, and, and begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. Go on. He said, and all the days of Jad were 900, 960 and 2 years. This is age. And he died. This guy. Nothing. I'm just going to show you that if you read the whole chapter, they were mentioning different people and nothing was mentioned about them. Except that they give, gave birth and died. Gave birth and died. See this one. Go on. And Enoch lived what? Sixty and five years, and beget who? Next verse. And Enoch did what? 
if you read the whole chapters, nobody, they didn't say anything about any other person. But when they got to Enoch, they had to stop and mention that he walked with God. Because it was a major thing. Nobody else walked with God like that in his time. They were all just regular people. Born and die, born and die, born and die. And enough us, that's how we're living today. Give birth and die. So, and he walked with God. And he began 360 years. And he began sons and daughters. Next verse. And all the days of Enoch were 360 years. Go on, go on. And Enoch did what? Walk with God again. Do you see it? They mentioned it twice. And he was what? Not. For God what? Took him. He didn't die. They mentioned it twice. That he walked with God. This is the only person they mentioned the whole that chapter. That had any other experience apart from giving birth and dying. They said Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. It, that means his walk with God was so known. Was so popular. Was so, was so special. He walked so much with God. That he got to a state. God said, in short, I can't leave you on the earth anymore. Just come and be hanging out with me. Come and be fellowshipping with me. And he didn't see death. Do you know what it means not to see death? Do you know one of the most scary times for every human being is when they're about to die? Any human being in the world. When death has reached. Even all the powerful atheists. When death has reached, they ask for prayer. Because they don't know what is going to happen. No, no scientist has ever known the greater it is, they don't know. They're not making mouth. When death reach, they don't know what's going to happen. Somebody can be there with Cain waiting for you. They have no clue. They are all afraid. So generally, fear, death brings fear. So Enoch walked so much. God said, you know what? You're not going to experience death. Do you know what that means? As, in, as with the gist now, we'll just continue talking. And you'll be in heaven. No break in transmission. Oh, somebody didn't understand what I said. No break in transition. Do you know why? The moment Adam and Eve ate the fruit of good and evil, the next thing God said, God told the angels, go and stop them from eating the tree of life. Quickly, quickly. They put cherubim, they locked them out. If they had eaten the tree of life, it means we will be in this state forever. You don't, know, you don't want to do that. You don't want, I mean, this world, the way it's depressing. This is how it will be forever and ever and ever. That means if your back is spinning, forever and ever and ever. If you are an Arsenal fan, forever and ever. All the depressing things, bad government, forever and ever. Sickness, all those things. But now that, 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 that that's not happening again, the day you die as a believer, the world where we are going, there will be no stress at all. We'll go back to that exact level where lions don't hurt us again. Where, where you don't feel pain. You don't, if you are 40 and above, <laughs> your body will start telling you things. You wake up, <sighs> you sit down, mm, you make sound when you sit and when you stand. You, have you seen young boys when they are peeing? If young children are peeing, they can stand there twice here, they are peeing from here. As you are getting older, you are moving nearer. The time we come, you will literally have <laughs> no energy, not going. Imagine living like that forever. So God said, go and stop them. Let them they eat that tree of life, they will stay like this forever. So it was a, our, to our advantage that God did allow Adam to eat that fruit. We'll be stuck here forever. Can you imagine? You'll be 100 and something years old. Do you know how tiring that can be? This traffic. Never see traffic. That even human traffic to worker. We're going to work at home by turn, so you move, make a move. <laughs> because we'll be too many. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Let me read one guy's testimony. Then we'll just go. I've taken too much time, but I have to read this testimony. Hallelujah. My prayer for you is that you, you will start to experience the Eden life in the name of Jesus. We'll look at that all through. So this, 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 this uh, one of our church members, is, is, he lives out of the country. It's one of those that is always plugged into whatever is going on in church. He watches all the services live and all that. For those of you that are out of the country or whatever, still stay plugged in. It's important. It's part of how you live the Eden life. The word, by working with God. I'll try and be as fast as I can. Okay, 
He said, I remember when I cried to you, now he was sending this to me. Remember when I cried to you last year about my struggles at work? He was having a bad time at work and they were threatening to sack him. He said, and how I struggled, not sure I would get another job like that one or even a better in the land where they speak another language. He was in a, con- a city where they speak French. He said, and I remember you asking me if I had already settled for working at an, at an underskilled job because he was thinking of leaving the quality of job he was. They were going to sack him to look for a lesser job. So I said, I, you want, why, don't do that. I was saying, don't do that. He said, well, like Job, I dwelt on my fears instead of on God. And two days before our son was born, I was laid off. He lost his job two days before the son was born. He said, this was a job with a gross pay of about $70,000. He said, at that time, we dropped all fear and, inst- and instead started focusing on God's word and, promised, uh, and promises over our lives. We stopped complaining and instead started praising God. He said, thank God I married right. Not one day during the six weeks that I was unemployed did my wife complain. Very important. There are some wives, when their husband is going through whatever, she'll be making noise. Instead of her to be in faith with him. So instead, we started eating more of God's word. We spent our days listening to yours and Ken Hagin's messages on YouTube. He said, six weeks... Uh, the six weeks even allowed me to be around to help my wife post-delivery. That's because of the new baby. He said, anyway, I took your advice and did not apply for a lower job, but only to jobs within my field. In October, I got a contract job that was supposed to last for one year. And that was when God started to show himself. By his grace, I made sure that I gave 130% every time. That means I was working extra hard within the two months. And I was being asked to take up other tasks. He said, by December, my manager called me and asked if I was interested in joining them on a permanent basis. I explained to them that the term of my contract does not allow me to discuss permanency. So this continued till January, and during gaining momentum, I streamed Pastor M's message, and she's, uh, she and other ministers kept saying that God will break protocol for you this year. Hmm. I, I, would, I will teach you all these things as time goes on. Because what God says over you is more important than what you are going through. We'll do this all through the month. Even though we had already sown towards the building project, he said, wifey and I decided to obey God, because they had given before for building project. Say, wifey and I decided to obey God and sow again when Pastor Matthew Ashimolo called for seed sowing. He said, the $10,000 we wanted to use as down payment for our mortgage, we gave it to God. Because we believe that if we build God's, God his house, he will build our own. He said, February, my manager called me again. And asked if I was interested in joining the company permanently. I said yes. She told me that there's a penalty fee they would pay to the recruitment agency. But it's nothing compared to the value they are going to gain by having him. He said, God started broken protocol for me. So she asked for my desired salary. He said, I mentioned $80,000 per annum. He said, well, last Thursday, I received an offer letter with an annual salary of $90,000. He says... With stock option, that means option to own stock from the company, with full private health care and life insurance. He said, all this within five months of, of the one-year contract that I was, I was supposed to be. He says, Papa, God broke protocol for me. Wifey and I took stock of our seed sowing, and we noticed that between 2017 and today, we had sown in millions several times over. He said, coming from two people whose highest ever seed before now was 100,000 naira. He said, we stretched ourselves and God gave us seed to sow and bread to eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, Monday, 2nd March, that will be tomorrow, I start officially as a full-time financial analyst in one of the biggest aerospace tech company in the world. He said, Papa, you, you, see, you, you say all things are now ready. And said, and already overflowing. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can give the Lord praise for that testimony. I want to say this, guys. Don't, don't, don't allow the natural world get to you. Um, we still want to challenge you. For those that have not given towards the project, or you have made pledges you have not redeemed, tap into it. Tap into it. And in this season, God will do miracles in your life like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand, somebody. 
We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.